Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is a show that is designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that perhaps you may learn something new that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I do want to remind you that the information presented on this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the help of your health care provider before making any changes to your health. All right, so this week we have an exciting show for you, and in fact it's going to be a two-part show with Harvard-trained cardiologist Dr. Cynthia Thike, and she just released a book that is doing very well, and the book is called Your Vibrant Heart, and we we will talk a little bit about that book and a lot about her views on health, and I really love this because we have a very similar feelings about health and health care, this idea that you are the consumers of your health care and you play a vital and major role in making healthy decisions, healthy changes, healthy choices, and you should feel empowered in order to make changes to your health and you should be the advocates of your own health care. So I am very excited to talk to her. But before I talk to her, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. You know, uh, as I've often said, the goal of this show is to share current, accurate health and wellness information. And I actually go a step further. I really want to inspire you to make changes so that you can live a healthier, happier, and more purposeful life. Now, we're all in different places in this journey. Some of us are just starting out and others are further along. But regardless of where you are, making healthy changes in your life is not always easy. Believe me, I know this. And sometimes you don't have the knowledge and uh, that is our goal here. We hope that, you know, when you listen to these shows, we're able to share that knowledge with you. Sometimes you have the knowledge or information, but not the support. And again, We encourage you to see this program as a part of your support system. And I always encourage you to get your friends, your family, your coworkers, your church members, you know, whatever your support system seems to be, get them involved because you do better when you have a support system behind you. And of course, thirdly, sometimes you have the information and you even have the support, but you lack the motivation. And so tonight I will share with you a few tips, a few strategies that I've found to be very helpful when you're trying to make changes. Now, the first strategy is 
to start off slow. You know, many times when we want to make health changes, we go from never exercising to want to go to the gym every single day, seven days a week, for one to two hours a day, and we start out, and yeah, we may do it for a week or two, and by the third week, we are bust. Well, the better way to approach this is to start off slow, become consistent, and you will find that these changes will stick. So even if you only start off at 30 minutes a week, once a week, but you do it every week, and then once you get that down pat, you move to twice a week, and then three times a week, and so forth, until you get to your goal. Those small changes can result in a much bigger effect than if you start off large and then you just end. All right, so start slowly and be consistent and build upon that consistency, and you will find that those changes will stick. The second strategy I want to share with you is to reward yourself for accomplishing your goals. We're human beings, and we tend to do well when we are rewarded in some ways, and it doesn't have to be something physical that you do, but whatever it is that you enjoy doing, reward yourself with those things. And I really want to point out to you, please do not go exercising and then decide to get ice cream as a form of reward. Actually, that's not what you should be doing. Another tip is to act as if it's already done. Visualize the thing you're trying to accomplish and act as if it's already done. You know, there is a real mind-body connection, and there is power in visualization. You ask any athlete or any performer. So visualize the thing you want to accomplish and act as if it's already done. Another tip is to compare yourself with yourself only and not with anybody else. Success is not doing better than others. It is really doing better than you did before. And many times when you compare yourself to someone else on this health journey or any journey you're on, you tend to become despondent and disappointed. So compare yourself with yourself only and look at the progress you're making. Another tip that will sustain you is to figure out why you're doing the thing. Whatever change you're trying to make, figure out your why. That why will keep you going when the tough gets going, okay? So figure out your why. That's the only time you're going to continue going when things get hard for you. One tip that I love is to write down your goals. They've shown that most people who are successful in anything tend to have written goals, but very few of us have them. And I've often found that when I write my goals down and I visit them and revisit them, I get so much more success than when I leave it in my head. And I would encourage you to think about getting yourselves a journal or get yourself a vision board. A journal will allow you to document what's going on, where you're going, uh, the steps you're taking. You can really see if you're growing. You can see sometimes your goals change, and that's okay. That's a part of growth. But document what you're doing and look at it and, and make sure you're going where you want to go. The vision board is something that I became introduced to about two years ago. And what you can do is basically go to the dollar store and get yourself one of those uh, large uh, pieces of paper or cardboard or whatever you want to use. And you can decide for you what health and wellness looks like 
I'm a believer that it's more than physical health because if your financial health, if your relationship, if your life's work, if your spirituality, if many of those other aspects of your life is out of whack, then you're not going to be healthy. So define for yourself what health looks like. Once you've done that, then go ahead and find pictures that actually describe what you want things to look like. So, for example, if you're looking at a goal of getting fit, well, you get someone who perhaps look like the body that you want to achieve or attain, and you put that there as a reminder. Or if you're someone, a part of you feeling well means that your environment is neat and clean, and right now you're living in clutter, you can get a picture of a house or an office that looks the way you want it to look and actually go ahead and have that picture up as a constant reminder of where you're trying to go. Here's another tip. Get out of your comfort zone. I found that when I did that, a lot of doors opened up for me. And it's not always easy to do. There's a cartoon. I encourage you to look it up. If you Google comfort zone, you'll see it. There's this big box, and most of us hang out there. That's the comfort zone. And then there's this smaller circle way up top, and it says that's where life begins. And that is the truth. But it's so comfortable being in the comfort zone that many of us, we stay there. If we're trying to attain whatever it is, health, wealth, better relationships, Whatever it is, and if you're doing the same thing right now and you've not been accomplishing what you want, then perhaps it means you need to step out from where you are and step in a new direction. So get out of your comfort zone. My final tip for you this week, and I definitely plan on sharing more with you in in the coming broadcast because I know that uh, many times it is tough for us as we're making changes, even when the changes are good for us. But my final tip is to break down the steps of what you want to do. You know, there's a saying that inch by inch life is cinch, but by the yard life is hard. Or you'll often hear someone say, what is the best way to eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. Whatever goals you're trying to accomplish, you know, right now if you are 100 pounds overweight, I know it's hard. I was working at getting rid of 10 pounds, and even that takes work. So if you're 100 pounds overweight, many times it seems so overwhelming, like how am I going to do this? And if you think about it in that way, you'll get to that place where you won't do anything at all. Your goal is not to look at that big picture all the time. Sure, you want to keep that in the back of your mind, but start off small. Your goal is not to focus on that 100 pounds that you're trying to lose, but start by looking at the little steps you need to get there. All right, so I hope some of those tips will help you. As I said, I will be sharing more of them with you because I believe they're helpful in helping you get to where you want to go. All right, so on to the rest of our show. We will continue with our focus on heart disease but we'll take a little more holistic healing approach. To help me do this is cardiologist Dr. Cynthia Tyke. Dr. Tyke is a Harvard-trained, board-certified cardiologist specializing in women's health, cardiovascular health, and congestive heart failure. She is the founder of Revitalize You, 
a new body image wellness center focused on health, nutrition, weight loss, and detoxification. She helps her client make changes to transform their lives through the way they think, feel, and act. She is the author of the book, Your Vibrant Health. Dr. Pike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I had a chance to read this book. As I mentioned to you at the start, I was up late looking through the book, and very interesting information. I think a lot of patients need to get their hands on this. And I wondered, what inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, I've been practicing medicine and cardiology for nearly 20 years. And and over the years, I've gotten frustrated at the fact that I wasn't really seeing a lot of um, action on the part of my patients, you know, despite the fact that um, heart disease is the leading cause of death and, you know, will kill one in three or one in four um, in their lifetime, um, patients are not um, all, that, all that fearful about, about that. And, in fact, a recent uh, study by the Cleveland Clinic just, you know, where they surveyed 1,000 men and women, they found that 74% of the people they surveyed were not worried about heart disease and, and certainly were not being, um, you know, moved to taking action to prevent the disease. You know, we have more people these days with elevated blood pressure, diabetes, Obesity is such a, such a rise, and particularly in our younger generation. And in fact, you know, they're estimating that of the children that are born after year 2000, one in three would develop diabetes. And and it's, you know, some are even fearful that um, that the current generation of children will not outlive their parents. And so for me, I wanted to move people to action, but I did not want to do it from a fear-based approach. Um, I didn't want people to be moved to action because of a, a, a worry. I wanted them to move more towards a light. And so uh, just even the title of the book, Your Vibrant Heart, um, I wanted to tell people and inspire people that they can move beyond even just having a physically healthy heart, that they need to aspire to really have a spiritually vibrant heart, that there's more to life and there's more to help. And so that's what this book is really all about. And I'm really happy that you're going in this direction because as someone who uh, go out there and talk to people about health, you're so correct. Many people have this information. It's not the lack of information. It's really what goes on once they know this information and how empowered they feel. Now, I find your story very amazing. I will talk a little bit about the change in the way you practice medicine, but in terms of going into the field of cardiology, you talked about two events that pushed you in that field. Could you share those events with us? Yes. Uh, First one was when I was a third-year medical student, and I had a chance to be in an operating room of a a cardiac surgeon uh, doing bypass surgery. Um, and it was such an amazing experience for me to be standing there, you know, looking into the chest of a, of a patient, uh, of seeing that beating heart, and then having him put him on the bypass machine and, and essentially arresting that heart, doing the surgery he needed to do, and then um, bringing that heart back to life where you see the, the, the pumping of the beat. And, and to me, I thought, wow, look at, you know, this this. This organ that's really only the size of a, a fist really um, holds the life of that individual, and and uh, you know the heart is such an amazing organ, and it it, it does so much more than just the physicality. I mean, it has life, love, 
Um, and so I really fell in love with that organ. And then the other experience I had was when I was uh, now a resident, my second year of residency, where there was this um, um, young young mother um, of two children, and uh, she had breast cancer, and unfortunately that cancer had spread and led to fluid collection around her heart. And I happened to be on call that night when um, she went into a full cardiac arrest um, after having a procedure earlier that day. And after, you know, spending almost a half hour trying to revive her, um, and we were really close to pronouncing her dead, um, because I knew of the history, I put a needle into her heart and drained off all this fluid around her, her heart started again. And to me, I can't even imagine um, to start telling you what an experience that was, to to realize that I had I had made... You know, I mean, I essentially saved her life and, and, and been able to do that. And in medicine, obviously, we don't have an opportunity to have that dramatic of an impact, but it really made me value life and it really made me value the position I had as a physician, that, that I had an opportunity to really impact people where it mattered. So you went into cardiology and you went the way of most physicians in that you focus mostly on disease management. But you talk about moving from that way of practicing medicine to being a better-rounded physician with a holistic practice. What does that look like uh, when a patient is in your care? How does that manifest to them? Yeah, as I said to you, you know, I was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated that patients were coming in, they had high blood pressure or diabetes. I could treat them with medication. I could lower the numbers. But they were doing nothing on their own to affect the disease process. And, and I kept telling the patient, you know, you, need, you know I, can, I can lower the numbers, but the only person who has the potential to heal is yourself. Um, but, you know, these discussions would essentially fall on deaf ear. And it wasn't only until a few years ago that I got introduced to this rather amazing uh, weight loss uh, program called Ideal Protein. And as we brought that program into our office and, and really started offering patients a concrete step-by-step methodology and aiding them in the weight loss. I mean, my goodness, the, the results were amazing. And, and within three short years, I had close to 10,000 pounds of, of, of weight loss um, among my patients. But what that afforded me an opportunity to, to for me as a physician to see is, wow, you know, I, I knew that weight loss would make a difference, but to, to get people back to their ideal body weight, what a huge difference it made. I mean, people were coming off blood pressure medication, uh, their diabetes medications. But more important than that, what I saw was people were coming alive. They, were, they had been sort of beaten down by their self-image and their, their, their belief that they would never be able to transform their life and, and to have results and to have inspiration. And, of course, we were doing a lot of coaching along with that. We were really trying to um, uh, inspire the patients. And so I, I've since in my office developed a, a, a coaching model approach uh, to medicine. And so, you know, as from the ancient days, you know, medicine, a lot of it is dictatorial. We, we're the all-knowing physician that tell our patient what they need to do. And now I really tell tend to try and walk with them, to try and show them the way. Um, and, and my staff is really good, very, uh, good at this as well, that we don't, we don't try to be preachy to the, to the patients. We really 
um, let them see that they, you know, they really do hold the potential in their own hands. There's definitely something to be said for feeling empowered when it comes on to partaking in, in your own health care. You also talk about the importance of mindfulness to great health. Can you expand on that a little bit? So just a little bit about my own background. I, I was raised Buddhist, and, and so mindfulness is, is one of the, the eightfold pathways to enlightenment according to the Buddha. And, and for me, I believe that optimal health can truly be obtained by uh, practicing mindfulness and personal responsibility. I talk about that a lot in my book, you know. And so for those of uh, the, your listeners that don't know what mindfulness means, mindfulness is really just the ability to gently focus on awareness of the current situation, the current moment. You know, so many of us, our, our mind is never present. You know, we either, you know, worry about our future and the things that we we still have to do, or we're having some sort of regret about our our past and, and things that we we didn't do. You know, we, we you know, for the most part, we tend to a lot of us uh, live in a, in a negative vibration um, of, of of judgment and self doubt and self image, and and being present and mindful in the moment takes away all of that. Okay, because this moment, this day, this moment, it's never been lived before. It happens once in eternity. And so if you stay focused on that moment, so many things shift in your life. Um, and, and part of the meditation practice is really centered on mindfulness. How would someone apply this mindfulness to the management of their illnesses, their health? A lot of people, I feel, are sort of sleepwalking through their life. I mean, when you really get down to the core of it, people know what's, what food is good for them to eat or not. They know that exercise is important, but they don't do it. They don't, they don't apply it to their general life. And, and that's, you know, I'm not saying this to have everyone go out and just, you know, start eating, you know, raw food or start exercising an hour a day. No, but if you practice mindfulness, then you can really access you know, what you're doing in your daily life, you can take a look at that plate and, and just ask yourself the simple question, does it have life? Does, it, does this come from earth? Does it have nutrients? Um, you know, am I eating dead food? Um, you can, you, can um, you know, see yourself um, just, you know, sitting on, you know, the, the couch, um, having beer or whatever it might be, and ask yourself at any given moment, am I doing an action that has a benefit to me? Um, you can start being really um, cognizant of your thoughts and, 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 and ask yourself, does this thought serve me? And when you start doing that, and, and please do it in a very gentle manner. I, I mean it to, for them to start practicing mindfulness so they can have a gentle, calming awareness. And then take the smallest actions. You know, I, I always tell people a one-degree shift in your in your um, thinking pattern, a one-degree shift in your action, if sustained, you know, in 30 days, in 60 days, you're on a completely different trajectory in your life. And so what does a one-degree shift to me consist of? Uh, that would be trying one new vegetable a day. That would be a one-degree shift. You know, going out and walking for 10 minutes if you don't exercise at all, that would be a one-degree shift. But the, 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 the thing that you need to remember with this one-degree shift is that you never backslide. And so if you make this commitment, you keep going in that direction. You know, you do 10 minutes, and when that 
is comfortable, you go to 20 minutes. And you 20 minutes, go to 30 minutes. You don't backslide. And if you can do that and just take a very, very gentle approach. Um, and, and, then, and then obviously I, I believe so much in the coaching model that I think that uh, in addition to being mindful, if someone can find someone to work with, someone that can mentor them and, and really walk with them, uh, that would really um, advance them in a great degree. Excellent. I'm a big proponent of small, committed changes resulting in big changes. All right, so we are going to take a short break for our sponsors. And when we return, Dr. Pike is going to talk to us a little bit about how different is a physically healthy heart from a vibrant heart. We'll be right back. Dr. Diane A. Thompson is a physician, writer, speaker, and the radio host of the popular syndicated show, Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D., You may also listen to her live on Atlanta Broadcasting Network, 1570 AM WIGO, every Friday at 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To contact Dr. Diane A. Thompson, go to her website and sign up for updates at drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thompson. Now back to our show. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome to Health Talk. My guest today is Dr. Cynthia Thike. She's a Harvard-trained board-certified cardiologist and the author of the book, Your Vibrant Heart, Restoring Health, Strength, and Spirit from the Body's Core. I wanted you to touch on the difference between having a physically healthy heart, because a lot of times that's what's pushed, but you're also talking about not just a physically healthy heart, but also a vibrant heart. What's the difference between those two things? huge difference. The thing that I want my readers and your listeners to know is that it isn't good enough to just have a physically healthy heart. And in fact, I see plenty of patients that come in to see me, right? They have their chest pain, their palpitation, shortness of breath, and I do my full evaluation and there's nothing wrong with their heart. They have a physically healthy heart. They don't feel that. They don't think that. They, they, they think that there's still something wrong with them. They have too much stress in their life. And so they don't have vibrancy. They don't have life. And so there is a higher plane to get to beyond a physically healthy heart. They really want, I really want people to aspire to have a spiritually vibrant heart. And, and to me, that, that sense of um, vibrancy, I, I break it down into having four things in your life. You know, it's, it's having peace and serenity. Um, being, you know, in your mind um, and being clear or free of stress. That doesn't mean that you don't have stress in your life. I mean, there are physical things that can be occurring all around you, but that you know how to handle that, that you're not dictated by your environment and your circumstances because stress really is something that's internally created. And then the other two things that I think are so important and what I I teach my, my patients is that you really want to live from a point of vision. You want to have a vision in your life of, of the life you want to live, the health you want to have, the relationships in your life, um, sort of this whole life approach to, to health. And lastly, I think people need to live from purpose, that they need to have something that they um, do or, or are that is a contribution to society, that they have a purpose in this life. And once you can move your life in that direction, um, that's when vibrancy occurs. That's when you have a vibrant heart. You have a heart that sings, that has life, that has joy, that laughs. And, you know, and so that's, you know, I'm, I'm so inspired to, to try and, 
and, and achieve that or help people to achieve that. And you mentioned the importance of stress management in this whole process. What are some techniques that you share with your patients to help manage their stress? The most important thing is, is recognizing that stress is an internal issue. Okay? People always uh, come to say, oh, you know, my work situation or my spouse and I'm about to have a divorce, whatever the situation might be. And, and so they have this notion that they will be stress-free when their environment changes, when their circumstances changes. But the thing is, that will never take place because you go from one crisis to another crisis to another crisis. So one, the patients need to recognize that if they are to have a stress-free or, or minimize stress in their life, that they have to start with how they perceive things, how they choose to think, how they choose to respond to a, a, a situation rather than react. Um, and, then, and then from there I tell people one of the most important life mastery skills is to really notice what you're noticing to pay attention to your thoughts and really ask yourself that simple question, does this thought serve me? Is this self-empowering or is this self-defeating? Uh, 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 and, and if it is anything other than self-empowering, I, I ask the person to just sort of banish that thought from their mind. And we could talk a little bit later about how you do that. But, but then from there, I really um, have a couple of simple tools that, that I uh, tend to recommend, and it all has to do with vibration and, and sort of setting a vibrational match for yourself. And, and the first and key one is living in gratitude, really starting off each day um, just being grateful for all the things that you do have. And all of us, no matter where our situation, have things that we can be grateful for. So you know, start off each day with listing a couple of things that you want to be grateful for. Uh, I want to teach my patients to laugh, laugh a lot, uh, uh, laugh for for no reason. Um, people, again, tend to think that, you know, I'm going to laugh when I have joy in my life, when I have something to laugh about. Well, what I wanted people to know is you laugh for no reason and you bring joy into your life. You laugh, You lead with the laughter and the joy follows. And then the other thing is to really love yourself, okay, because it is through self-love that you have self-care. Uh, everything stems from that, and, and so many of us have this um, a self-image that is uh, something less than kind, and you really want to start working on self-love. Um, and, then the, and then the last thing is, is really sort of connect to your inner guide, and, and this is where practices such as mindfulness and meditation comes into play that will allow you to really uh, connect to that inner self and that still voice within you that... Uh, will guide you and, and be your constant companion and walk with you. So living in gratitude, and I, I always tell people, when you're feeling that sense of gratitude, when you have that attitude of gratitude, the feeling of lack and the stress that comes with that, those two things generally don't exist together. So really focus on being grateful. And I love this, laugh for no reason and the joy will follow. And also connect with your inner self. So those are all great ways that people can work on addressing the stress that comes with life. And we know with stress, a lot of issues can come along. 
We will end part one of our interview here, and please join us next week when we'll continue our conversation with Dr. Thike. And at that point, we will look at the different risk factors of heart disease. We'll look at ways of preventing heart disease and protecting our hearts so we may have a vibrant heart. We'll also get our unique take on certain things, such as juicing versus blending, which is better, or organic versus non-organic, does it matter? And in fact, Dr. Thike has a belief system about smoking and smoking cessation, and I bet you've never heard this before, but uh, if you listen to what she says, then smoking cessation may be a lot easier than you once thought. So please join us next week for more information. I will leave you with this quote of the week, and it says, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. All right, everyone. So remember, your health is your wealth. Please do something healthy for yourself. Until next time. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. Please join us every other Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to listen to past shows, or would like our free ebook on stress, please visit www.drdianethompson.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy today.